Well, good evening, everyone, and greetings, Grace Church. It's good to be with you on a Wednesday night. I almost said it's good to see you, but as I mentioned the other night, I can't see you even though you can see me, but it is good to be with you. And uh, thank you so much for joining us this evening. We're going to have a great time in the Word of God, and, um, and we, we always, always cherish your presence in these services and getting adjusted to kind of our new normal that we hope will not be for too terribly much longer. God bless you this evening. Again, thank you for joining us. I want to give you an opportunity to give this evening. And, of course, there's three ways to give right now. You can give online at the Grace Church website. You can text your gift, or you can mail your gift into the P.O. box there on your screen. We appreciate your faithfulness in giving to the work of God, to the ministry of God's kingdom. God will bless you. Uh, for, for that, for your generosity and for your faithfulness. So God bless you for being faithful in your giving this evening. While you're doing that, I do want to just pray over our service this evening. Pray that God would be with us. I'd like to pray for each home and each family that's watching tonight and that's, that's tuned in, that God would bless you tonight. So let's pray together if you would join me. Jesus, we are so thankful for the opportunity to gather together virtually. Thank you for this technology, Lord, that allows us to at least continue in this manner to be together and to worship you. And, Lord, your word says where two or more are gathered together, you're in the midst. So that means you're in every home, you're in every place that's watching tonight, everyone that's joining with us, you're there in the midst. And so, Lord, I pray tonight as your word goes forth that it would not return void, Lord, that it would be creative, that it would be what we need it to be that it would minister peace and encouragement, that it would be anointed, and, Lord, that it would do great things in every home and every family and every life in Jesus' name. And if you would, right where you are, just say amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the presence of God this evening, and I expected nothing less. God is so good, and I want you to know God is so faithful. He is faithful, and he will never leave you or forsake you. Um, I do want to remind you of a few things that uh, you need to know about by way of announcements. And I'm going to take just a few minutes, uh, or I'm not a few minutes, but a, a couple of moments and, and slowly go over a couple of these things. I want to make sure everybody is getting the ways that we are trying to connect with you throughout the week. And this primarily has to do with our Sunday school classes for our various age groups. And um, again, I want to just make sure everybody's aware of what to do and how to get this information and how to tune in so that we stay connected with every age group throughout our church through the week. So the, the first way you can, you can do this and join is through the podcast, and that's through any podcast app that you use. Also on the website, on the media tab, there is a drop down for podcasts, and you can listen right there from the website. And, and on the podcast, you're going to find content from our teachers here at Grace Church, and that's going to be the, the uh, journey ministry for our college kids. It's going to be our student ministry. You're going to see next for our young marrieds and young adults, and you're going to also see overcomers, which is our, our seasoned saints, our, our seasoned adults. And so there's podcast content for all of those um, all of those age groups throughout the week. We update it every week. It's fresh, and it's just it's ministering. It's intended to minister to you, and we've gotten a lot of great feedback on that, so I don't want you to miss out if you haven't taken advantage of that already. And then also, equally as important, is our live content. In addition to live streaming on Wednesday night and Sunday morning, 
our Sunday school teachers are live streaming some of the classes. Now, this is our children's class. Our, if, if you have a child that's in Sunday school, this class, uh, corporately they're meeting, not as individual classes right now, but as, a, as one Sunday school class for our children up to the age of 12, they're meeting on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock on Zoom. And I want you to be sure to take advantage of this because our teachers under the direction of, of Farah Bunch, is, they're doing a tremendous job of putting together content. Every week they're working to make it even better, even more relevant. And, as, and connect as much as they can virtually with our kids. They're putting their heart and soul into it is what I'm trying to say. And, and they just they want to see your kids' smiling face on Sunday morning. They have a burden for this. They're, they're passionate about it. And it would just do your children so much good to tune in and be a part of these classes. In fact, the fair asked me to announce that this coming Sunday, the theme is going to be Crazy Hair Sunday. So we just, we want to see the crazy hair. And in fact, I think that means for a lot of you, all you have to do is just wake up and go to Sunday school virtually with your bedhead. So uh, that's all it takes for a little crazy hair there. But they're excited about this. They're trying to make it fun and interactive. So please remember that. And then our junior high class meets by Zoom on Sunday evenings, usually around four o'clock or so. And the teachers, Chris and Casey Watley, are getting that information out to the parents through GroupMe. If for some reason you're not getting those messages, please see the, or please contact the church office. We want you to be a part. Chris and Casey, my kids are in that class, and I can tell you they are doing a tremendous job. They are putting their heart and soul into it. They're passionate. They're excited when they see your kids, and they're disappointed when your kids aren't there and they don't see them there. They're, they, they just, they, they're wanting that connect point. They're wanting to pour into your kids, and I promise you the content is, is fresh, it's relevant, and it's life-changing. Please have your kids be in these classes. And then finally, the high school class under the direction of Mark and Brianna Wheeler are meeting by Zoom once a week as well. They're also communicating through GroupMe tonight. They met tonight at 6 o'clock before church on Zoom. And, and again, my kids were part of that. Had a tremendous time. Some of it was student-led. They shared a Bible study, shared a thought. The kids loved it. It's, it's just great content, and it's great for your kids to be a part of that. So I really want to take a minute and, and, and pump this and let you know about this excellent, excellent resource for your children who I know are bored and are climbing the walls if they're anything like mine. So please have them be a part of this and give them something to do if nothing else. So how about that? God bless you for that. And then um, let me remind you, of course, Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, our live stream service once again. We're looking forward to a move of God, just like always, and you're going to want to be a part of that. Let God move in your home. I want to emphasize that. Please let God have his way, just like you were at church, and let's see what God will do Sunday morning in our homes at 11 o'clock. And then, very cool announcement. I didn't know when this day would come, but here it is. Morning prayer will resume. Let me just take a deep breath and back up and say that again. Morning prayer will resume. On Tuesday, May the 5th, Tuesday morning prayer, May the 5th, mark your calendars. We'll be practicing social distancing, of course. We're so excited about this, and, and this is very strategic. Pastor was very strategic. The first thing we're going to bring back at any level is prayer, and that is a reflection of our value here at Grace Church, how we value prayer. It's the most important thing we do ever and it's the most important thing we could be doing in this hour. And so very strategically, Pastor wanted to bring back prayer first. So our very first thing will be Tuesday, May the 5th, prayer 
at 9 o'clock, and we'll be practicing social distancing on that. God bless you so much for being here tonight. Make note of those things. I'm looking forward to what we will be sharing tonight in the Word of God with Pastor, and I believe God has a word for us tonight. Right where you are, if you would, would you just clap your hands and give the Lord a shout of praise as Pastor comes to the pulpit tonight. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Dave, and uh, great to be with you again tonight, and I'm looking forward uh, to spending uh, the next couple hours with you, and uh, we hope that you're ready, and uh, you're open-hearted, you're open-minded, and you have your Bible open tonight. And uh, before we jump into our Bible study, I cannot express enough gratitude to all of our church leadership people. Uh, we've had uh, steady support on Sunday morning and Wednesday night here at our campus. And I want to just send out a, a, an amazing shout out to great people that are faithful, that are making all of this happen. And uh, when you're sitting at church here at Grace Church on Sundays and Wednesdays, the people I'm talking about are the people that are sitting behind you in the media booth. And uh, without them, we could not be doing what we're doing right now. As a matter of fact, somebody really applauded uh, our media booth staff and uh, said they're just doing an amazing job with the live stream presentation and what have you. And I deeply appreciate these people. Not only that, I really want to appreciate and, and just really, really thank our adult Sunday school teachers. And uh, when I say that, that's... Um, we're considering that at this point, uh, junior high and up for doing the uh, ministry of teaching that they're doing, uh, whether it's podcast or through the app Zoom uh, that I know absolutely nothing about, never even heard of it until all of this happened. But uh, for these folks to take the time uh, with all the other pressures that's going on right now to prepare Bible study. Uh, to want to interact with you and share with you, and the response to it has been tremendous. And I want to really thank our, our Sunday school staff uh, for making that happen, and I thank all the folks that are listening to it consistently, watching it consistently. Thank you so very much for that. And then I uh, want to send out a, just a huge appreciation to Sister Farah for organizing our Sunday school department uh, I'm amazed at how quickly all of this has come together. And uh, along with Brother Dave, not to repeat all of that, he said it once. But I do encourage you, please um, have your children participate. They need to hear from Grace Church. They need to hear from the Sunday school staff. They need to hear from the Word of God. They need to know that the Word of God is still for them, is still relevant to them, especially during this time. Um, I know some of our, our quizzing teams are still active. I appreciate our folks for, for doing that. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is nobody's dropped the ball. Uh, Grace Church, with all of this limitation that we have, Grace Church is still moving forward, and uh, I'm thankful for that. And uh, actually, there's more people participating via live stream and Facebook Live and whatnot than we would have here on a, a normal Sunday morning. And uh, I've been very thankful for that. I've been very appreciative for that, for the folks that are hungry for the Word of God, that are tuning in and uh, making Grace Church a part of their uh, weekly life. And, but I do thank our leadership people. You know who you are. 
and thank you so much for what you're doing and uh, for keeping Grace Church in the forefront of its members and those who attend. I want to teach a Bible study tonight <clears throat> and I'm, 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 I, I have felt just in this past week, I've, I felt it huge personally and then after talking to some of our, our, our Grace Church leadership team, they're feeling the same way. We know that everybody's anxious to get back to the norm. Everybody wants to get back to normal. We're seeing that across the country. And um, I, I wanted to teach another Bible study tonight, but as we got closer, it just it felt like the Spirit of the Lord was nudging me to go in this direction, so here we are. But the Bible study I want to teach to you tonight, I taught it here at Grace Church on October the 16th, 2019. I want to teach the exact same study I taught last October. Um, I was coming out of a very difficult situation personally on that particular Wednesday night. And um, so the Bible study that I'm teaching tonight was very relevant to me personally on that particular case was not the reason I taught it, but it meant more to me that night. And so I want to teach this to you tonight. <clears throat> and it would be interesting to know if you will remember this Bible study, if you can recall it maybe via notes, uh, something marked in your Bible on a piece of paper. Um, it would be interesting to know how you hear it now versus how you heard it then, what it means now versus what it meant then. You may recall the Bible study because of the scripture setting. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 2, the Bible said, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Skipping down to verse 16, he said, Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he may humble thee, that he might prove thee, to do thee good at thy latter end. And you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. I want to teach for a little while tonight. I'm going to change the title of this study different than what I did in this past October. Last October I taught entitled this Bible study, When You Wonder Why the Test. Tonight I want to title it, Why Trials Are Relevant. We don't like it. It's not enjoyable. It's not pleasant. Being in ministry for the past 30 years, almost 35 years, 
I've gotten to the point where if somebody tells me, well, this is just a season. I've gotten to points where if somebody said that one more time, I'd scream. We get tired of being tested. It's just like young children in school. Uh, I don't know of anybody that just can't wait for the next test to pop up. I remember when I was in school, they would do, the teachers would oftentimes do what they called a pop quiz, where there was no preparation. You showed up in the class, and she said, close your books, put your stuff under your desk. We're going to have a pop quiz. Nobody liked that. I sure didn't like the test that I knew was coming up this coming Friday because it just weighed on your, your head the whole entire time, you know, all, all the days pre, preceding Friday. You're wondering, am I prepared for that test? i got to study for that test, and i got to be ready for that test. And um, I wasn't much of a studier. And uh, back in those days, and maybe that's why I didn't do as well in school, maybe as I could have, but I always dreaded the test. And every time I turned it in, I was confident that I didn't pass it. And I think all of us here tonight that have familiarity and experience with our relationship with God knows that he is going to test us. Nobody's really exempted. I'm going to share with you tonight about two men in the Bible that really wasn't tested and they failed, both of them. Our greatest successes is oftentimes determined how we do during the time of testing. And it's hard to keep your attitude right. It's hard to keep your mentality right. It's hard to not ask why. So with that little prelude in mind, that introduction in mind, let's get started tonight in our study. The Bible has a word that's used frequently in the Bible. It's the word wilderness. If you're a student of the Word of God, you're familiar with it. It's defined as a desert place, a place uncultivated or lived in a state of disorder kind of feels like that's where we are now right Um, wilderness can mean to us where it's relevant to us is it can mean difficulties it can mean pressure it can mean insufficient resources it can mean oppositions and one of the most asked questions in the church is why We ask, why is this happening to me? I've asked, why is this happening to our church? Why is this quarantine that we're in right now, why is it happening to our our cities, our states, our country, our world, all of that? Why, why, why? I've asked God why. I told some folks last night, I keep asking why and I keep asking for direction and right now I'm not hearing anything. So that's where faith kicks in, it's where trust kicks in. But we ask, why is this happening to me? It is asked, why does bad things happen to good people? It's asked, when great effort produces only poor results. We ask, why, when the expected success is delayed? We ask, why, when the wicked, why do the wicked prosper and the righteous struggle? People tend to deal with difficulties better if they understand that what they are enduring is serving a purpose. And again, this is where I have a little bit of a question mark in my mind 
I don't understand yet why this test, and I don't really understand right now the totality of its purpose. I'm just being honest with you tonight, and I'm being very transparent. But knowing that trials are faith, I've never had a trial of faith that was pointless. I've never gone through anything that had no purpose behind it. And I'm confident tonight that for whatever reason there is behind what we're experiencing right now, and I have some thoughts about it, but for whatever it is, again, God is not going to waste the opportunity. So I know in my heart tonight that this trial of faith is not pointless and it makes it enduring it, it makes enduring it bearable. I'll remind you of the scripture and probably right now maybe some of you don't want to even hear it. But it's not been deleted from the Bible. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. The purpose of every test. Again, I'm going to ask you if you are recalling this Bible study from last October. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. But I made this statement. I had this exact same thing put on the screen then that I'm going to put on the screen now. But the purpose of every test is to reveal what we understand, to reveal what we do not understand, and to reveal to us the applicability of the lesson. So I'm going to ask everybody watching tonight, listening tonight, to understand what's happening to us and to seek God in your personal life is how do you apply what you're experiencing right now to make you a better person, a better Christian, and so on. So the purpose of every test is to reveal what we understand, what we do not understand, and to reveal to us the applicability of the lesson. The why of the wilderness test, the why of this situation we're in right now, I believe some of the answers at least are as follows. God said it in Deuteronomy chapter 8 to the Jewish people. I'm doing this to humble you. I'm doing this to prove your character. The test is to humble us and to prove our character and to teach you that you need more than bread, that you need more than earthly things. It has struck me during this time of what we have been stripped of. Let me rephrase that. It's occurred to me and it's hit me really strong as to what all we have in our possession during this time that's really of no value. Your money's not helping right now. Your Knowledge isn't helping right now. Your experience isn't helping right now. All of these things that we depend on and lean on is not really helping right now. The fourth reason for the test is to discipline us for maturity or self-control. I'm sure some of our parents with younger children, are, this is very relevant to you right now to maintain self-control. Uh, kids around the house and it's, it's difficult, it's challenging and what have you. It's interesting to me how culture has changed because when I was a kid around the house, when school was out during holidays and summer, 
We just found things to do. I remember telling my mom and dad when I was a kid that I'm bored. Their pat statement was go outside and play. We didn't have any toys to play with. We didn't have all the, all the stuff that kids have nowadays. I had my bicycle. That's all I had. So you rode around the same block over and over and over, and you played like it was a this and a that and whatever. But this time is, is teaching us to discipline ourselves to be mature and to maintain self-control. You keep your relationship with God intact. And then it's to reveal to us that it was not our own strength that made us prosper. This is, this is something that hasn't caught God off guard. He knows what he's doing with our whole entire world. And bottom line, we're going to see when this is over that it was only his grace and mercy that allowed any of us to sustain and to continue moving forward as we're doing right now. So why does all of this occur? Why does it occur? It occurs so that we do not forget God. You don't forget about God. As a matter of fact, I hear that there's more people that's looking more Godward now than has probably in my entire lifetime. We learn to trust God in these times. It's so that the test occurs so that our faith in God would grow stronger. The test occurs so that we would have a platform from which we could minister to those that are around us. This is why the test occurs. So how does God test us in times like this? He allows us to lack. Somebody said the other day, I can't wait to go sit down in a restaurant and eat. Boy, that's a tough one to give up right there, ain't it? It's like we have sacrificed everything because we don't have a restaurant to go sit down and eat. I say that in jest, but hey, God takes things away and he understands how we respond when we begin to lack and when we begin to have need in our life and that's one of the ways he tests us. He supplies our need in a manner in which we are not familiar. He allows us to become dependent on him. He allows us to be he allows us to be stressed. He allows us to suffer pain. This is how God tests us because it should point us to him. And then we realize that he is our provider. I'm going to make this statement again. I made it last October. But see how it resonates with you now versus when I made it then. God is more interested in our character than he is our comfort. This is a hard pill to swallow and I get that. But it is a true statement. It's a biblical statement. Man cannot see his weaknesses until circumstances reveal it. For example, impatience is revealed when something hinders our progress or when something hinders what we want. Pride is revealed when we are forced to do something menial. Stubbornness is revealed when we are forced to do something that we do not desire to do. Our lack of faith is revealed when we are required to do more than we believe we're able. Idolatry is revealed 
when we are required to sacrifice those things that matter to us. And immaturity is revealed when we can't have our way. Self-will is revealed when we are required to do something against personal ambition. Self-centeredness is revealed when we are forced to serve others. This is why, this is the answer to the why. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 verse 35 that a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So let me remind all of you tonight that are watching, testing is inevitable. Testing is continual. Testing is necessary. Testing is productive. Testing is influential. Testing is crafted by God. And I want to say to you tonight that, and I may be preaching about this in a couple of weeks, but I believe even God knows there's dangers in testing. The Bible says that God doesn't put more on us that we can bear, but we don't always believe that. And there's people that I know tonight, there's names and faces in my head right now that have been tested, but they didn't survive it. I'm thinking of someone right now that has been very hurt, very broken, and has moved into a place of bitterness. They were tested. They were tested. And to them, their testing was unfair and uncalled for because it happened at the hands of those that should have loved them the most, that should have been the most kind and compassionate and long-suffering and patient and helpful and considerate. But they got burned by somebody. But their Holy Ghost should have rose, risen up on the inside of them and said, you can get through this. You can make this. You can, you can survive it. But they didn't. They didn't think they could survive the test, so they didn't. And so they're out there somewhere and lost and without God. So God knows the dangers of testing. As a matter of fact, he's the one, and this is the sermon I may be preaching in the next couple of Sundays. But he allowed the devil to test Job. It was God's idea. And Job realized that God had a hedge around him, and he said, if you'll take away that hedge, I'll cause him to curse you to your face. So God took away the hedge. So the dangers of testing, and God knows this, is that people can become disillusioned. I know scores of people in this place right now. This is where they're living spiritually. This is their attitude spiritually. They were tested, and they've become disillusioned. They've become distraught. They've become distracted. They have lots of hobbies and things to fill that void that God used to feel. They've become angry. They've become bitter. They've become hardened. So where God knows the dangers of testing humanity, let me share with you briefly the two men in the Bible that God did not test. So as much God as God knows the dangers of testing, He also knows the dangers of not being tested. The two men in the Bible were promoted to become king of Israel. 
without being tested was King Saul, and he was ultimately consumed by jealousy. The other was King Solomon that was ultimately consumed by his own passions. These men were not tested. So is it better not to be tested or is it better to be tested? Again, God is not interested in our comfort. He's interested in our character. And this is the point of testing. And, and, and the, the person I was just referring to, uh, I wonder where they would be right now in their relationship with God had they survived the test. What could they be doing for the kingdom of God had they survived it? How could they have been contributing to a local church somewhere had they survived the test, but they didn't survive it. And there are scores of people that's been tested, that have backslidden, that's walked away from God. I wonder what they could be giving to God right now. In a sense, it's almost like aborted babies. You wonder what they could have grown up to become, but we'll never know, will we? While the testing is universal, Our whole entire world right now is being tested. But how we respond is going to be left up to you personally. It's going to be dependent on your personal inclination. So I want you to consider with me the blessing of being tested. We see the supernatural work of God when you're being tested. You see God do things that you never dreamed possible. If you don't believe that, ask Jonah. Ask Abraham. Ask Jacob. There's a long list of people. Ask David and Daniel and the three Hebrew boys and you can ask Peter. You can ask Paul. You see a side of God when you're being tested that you will not see otherwise. You receive assurance of the care of God when you've been tested and you come out on the other side of it. When you're going through a trial and you come out on the other side of it, you look back and see where God really did care for you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You receive assurance of the power of God. You receive assurance of the faithfulness of God. You're you're transformed by the renewing of your mind when you're tested. When we're tested, when we go through trial, we become mature Christians. We develop the ability to endure and we will lack in nothing. So in conclusion tonight, in James chapter 1, verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. So folks, let the trial happen. Let it run its course. If you keep your faith in God, if you keep all that intact, your attitude intact, if you keep all that intact, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. And you'll be a better person on the end of it. Our effectiveness and successes depend upon our responses to the various trials or testing that we're going through. Is this relevant? Absolutely. Are we all being tested? Absolutely. I've heard more than one person say, I can't wait to get back to Grace Church and when everything's normal. Who knows when will that be? I'm hearing that the normal that we're used to is not going to happen until there's a vaccination for this virus situation going on right now. So it it could be months before we're back to normal. Are you going to survive that? Are you going to make that spiritually? Are you going to hold on? Are you going to learn to develop 
your relationship with God on another level? Can you finally learn how to pray at home and take your relationship with God a little more serious? And maybe it shouldn't be as much church-based as it is God-based between you and Him and not your church and Him. This is where we're living. It's time to learn how to develop a move of God in your house. To learn how to rejoice in your home. To learn how to weep and cry in your home. To learn how to embrace the power and presence of God in your home. It's time to learn that. Listen to pastor tonight. It's time we learn it. So in conclusion tonight, I had this thought this week in preparation for this tonight. We could meet somewhere with all of our children who do not know yet how to ride a bicycle. We could meet with them and uh, we could have classes. We could have seminars. We could have leadership meetings. We could teach them the mathematics and the science behind riding a bicycle. But we all know tonight they'll never learn how to ride one until they straddle it. Put your feet on the pedals. Have somebody give you a good push from behind. And you're going to hit the mailbox. You're going to run into the street sign. You're going to run into the bushes. You're going to do all of that. You're going to crash. It's going to happen a couple of times, several times before you learn really how to control that thing. With where we are right now, our relationship with God is much the same. I could stand here. I could have Brother Dave come and stand here. I could have other leadership people come. We could bring in guest speakers to teach you how to pray and to teach you how to study the Word of God and all of that so you could experience God on a real level in your home. We could teach you until your head is so full of knowledge it explodes, but it's not going to be not have any merit until you start practicing it. And all due respect of what Sister Fair is leading you to do this coming Sunday about the crazy hair and all that kind of stuff, that's for Sunday school. But I'm asking moms and dads when 11 o'clock church starts, you get dressed for church, you comb your hair, come sit in the living room, and you sit there just like you would if you were sitting in this sanctuary right now, and you worship God like you would if you were sitting. Folks, if you don't learn how to do this, it's going to be hard for you to sustain. We're working on plans. We have ideas of things that we hope to be introducing. We've already are resuming prayer and whatnot. And we have plans for other things. But your relationship with God should be, as I preached several Sundays ago, Jesus went into the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost, was tempted of the devil for 40, uh, uh, for, for 40 days, and he came out full of the Holy Ghost. He survived that. And you can do the same whether you're in touch with Grace Church or not. I understand the importance of church. I get it. I want all this back more than anybody on this planet. But until that time comes, we're going to have to grow and develop our relationship with God in other ways, using other methods. And I'm pleading with you tonight, start tonight. Learn how to pray at home. Learn how to seek God at home. Learn how to feel God at home. Learn how to speak in tongues at home. Learn how to dance and rejoice at home. God is as real in your house as he is here. I've done it. We do it. Sister Murphy has. We, there, there's lots of people in our church that have experienced the move of God, but not everybody. So treat what we do on Sundays and what we do on Wednesdays just like you're in church. Get rid of the distraction. It's not time to play with the kids and the dog and the cat and, and run to the icebox and get you a bowl of ice cream. You don't do that here. 
So when you're at home, you treat it just like it's church, and you teach your kids to do the same. And when we all come back, we should all be as full of the Holy Ghost as we were when we left here. So God bless you tonight. It's the relevancy of the trial. This is relevant. And it'll make you a better Christian, more stalwart in your relationship with God. Let the Lord have his way. Thank the Lord. Jesus, we love you tonight. We're thankful that we know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you're still real. You haven't gotten weak all of a sudden and you've not lost control of our world all of a sudden. You know everything, the end from the beginning. And we trust that. What's so important for us tonight, God, is to make this relevant to us. And we must learn ways to develop our relationship with you in different ways. And I pray, God, that you would lead us down this path. I'm not interested in wildfire and going off in some crazy direction. I just want you to be relevant in the homes of our Grace Church people. I want you to be real. I want you to be powerful. And you will be if we'll open our hearts to you, if we'll worship, if we'll pray. I know it feels weird. It's awkward. But if our folks will do that, God, you'll be there. You'll be there for them and help them to feel it. Help them to know it. Help them to experience it. Keep your hand on all of us. I ask, pray for a blood covering over every person that's a part of Grace Church. I ask you, God, to sustain us through this time that your will and purpose may be fulfilled through us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for watching. And uh, tune in again this coming Sunday. God bless you, and we'll see you then. spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me you have been so so kind to me